Developing community doesn't happen easily for everyone, but it happens easily here. Thank you. Hey, guys. That's right. On today's episode, we're getting back to what this podcast is all about, stories in front of a live audience. And today we've got a great storyteller named David Heinen. You've heard David on the show before, but today's episode features at least one story you've never heard on the podcast before. It's his story from our five-year anniversary show back in February of 2020, the last story slam that we did at the Wilmar Center. Wanted to feature this story because when we are back at the Wilmar Center on May 20th for Story Slam Boldly, David brings up some things that are important to remember about Story Slam. If you get there past 6.30 or so, you probably won't have a chair. There's a lot of different things that he brings up that are that are things to remember about what it's like to do Story Slam at the Wilmar. Other than that, be sure to come out on May 20th to support us at the Wilmar Center, supporting the Wilmar Center. Anyway, that's enough of that. Here's two great stories from David Heinen. So the second time I told a story at Madison Story Slam was here at the Wilmar Center. The month before, I had attended Story Slam here at the Wilmar Center. For those who don't know, that's where you are right now. It's the Wilmar Center. Um, We darn near couldn't find a seat. It was my best friend and I. We were here. Um, Much like tonight, it filled up really quick. We got there at about 6.50. Stories start at 7, right? So, you know, I guess it was on us. And the next month, I was intending to tell so we were going to do things differently. The, the first month, actually, what happened is Adam gave up the table that he was using to check people in. So, I mean, what a gentleman, right? What a saint. Um, the following month, though, I'm going to tell, and here's what you have to understand about me, okay? I'm not a big community guy, you know? Like, I'm not here to shake hands and kiss babies. Like, I'm not running for office, Okay. So when I'm here to tell a story, I'm here to tell a story. Like, so when my best friend and I come and I intend to tell, we're not farting around, okay? The whole evening is planned out. We're going to get here right at 6. We're, I'm going to sign up with Adam right in the beginning. Because here's the thing. That night, my best friend's got a birthday party to attend. It's a surprise party. You can't be late. So we got to sign up so I'm in the early half of the storytellers. So that the whole night's planned out. We got meats, we got cheeses, we got wine, little cutting board, little knife. We need a table. We get there, 6.10. We wanted to get there at 6. It wasn't my fault. It was her fault. Just want to point that out. It's packed. It was just like tonight. You can't even find a seat. So... I go up to Adam, the host, and I say, hey, you know, I'm going to tell a story tonight. It's, it's pretty crowded. He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm hoping to tell a story. Oh, well, 16 people are already signed up, so I can put you down. Like, 16 people? Last month, we barely had a dozen. In my head, I'm thinking, like, how in the world did 16 people show up between 6 and 6.10 to sign up to tell a story? So my best friend and I immediately go into evening recovery mode. Y'all know what this is like. Our top option's gone, so we're cycling through. We're walking around the Wilmar Center, meandering, trying to find a chair, no chairs. So we're like, okay, we could go out and get Indian food, you know, a little butter chicken, a little tikka masala, come back. Maybe I can get in. 
We could sit pretzel style on the floor for three hours. That sounds great. Eventually, eventually we realize that I'm not going to tell a story that night. I'll tell it another time, maybe. We'll go back to her apartment. We'll eat our meats, eat our cheeses, drink our wine, have a seat, put the, the live stream on the TV, right? And as we're cycling through these progressively worse options, because again, I, I wanted to tell, like, it's not like my story was perfect for the theme or whatever. I'm not upset. I come to realize that really the problem here is Adam. I mean, think about it. What right does he have to start Madison Story Slam five years ago, build it up from nothing? I mean, I wasn't there five years ago. From what I hear, it was like like radio broadcasts, 1920s technology. It's like a, I mean, and now we got three cameras. We got a live streamed audience production value through the roof. Adam's got storytellers coming out of his ears, packed house. Like, come on. And now I can't tell a story? What? So I'm thinking I'm going to go up and give this cowboy a piece of my mind. So I walk up to him, and I'm like, hey, man, um, we're going to bounce. Yeah, just, oh, you know, are you sure? Yeah, and I wanted to tell. Adam, unfazed, doesn't skip a beat. He's just like, well, if I put you first, would you stay? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> are you sure? Would that be worth it to you to stand for 40? No, yes, I will gladly skip the 16 people. Oh, by the way. How in the world did 16 people show up between 6 and 6.10 to sign up to tell a story? Oh, well, most of them signed up online. You can sign up online? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. (laughs) So, long story short, the day is saved by Mr. Adam Rustet. We're Facebook friends. Whatever, I've never pronounced his name out loud. Anyway, um... (laughs) Adam starts stories 15 minutes early. I tell my story. It goes well. I get some laughs. I never expect to get laughs. Make some mistakes. Always expect to make mistakes. My best friend and I go back to, our, to her apartment and put the live stream on. We eat our meats and cheeses, eat our cheeses and meats, have some wine, throw some grapes out from the fridge. Surprise, last second addition you know, to the menu. We put the story slam live stream on the TV, and the most amazing thing happens. One of the subsequent storytellers, really good storyteller, don't know his name, really well-told story, very funny. He references my story in his story. He kind of piggybacks off one of my jokes. And I'm just sitting on a couch watching the television. And again, I'm not a big community guy. But there it is on the screen, irrefutable evidence that I exist. And I was like... Is this what it means to be a part of a community? um, So I guess my message is, to anyone who hasn't told a story here at Madison Story Slam, you should. Because this man will accommodate you, these people will listen to you, and they'll remember you. you Developing community doesn't happen easily for everyone, but it happens easily here. Thank you. Wise words from David Heinen there when he told a story at our five-year anniversary show back in February 
of 2020. Great story, great information there about what StorySlam is and what it could be, and information about how early you might want to be getting there. On May 20th, that's right, May 20th, we're doing StorySlam boldly at the Wilmar Center. It's a $10 suggested donation, and the money coming in is going directly to the Wilmar Center to help raise money for them to do the things they do to connect to their community. Up next, we've got another great story told by David Heinen from the Wilmar Center at one of our Story Slam events. In fact, it's the story he referenced in the story you just heard. It's his second time ever at Story Slam. This is the story of my elementary school crush. Her name was Anne. That's A-N-N-E. I want to make that clear. You needed that extra E, okay? It's like the E at the end of the word old. This is... This is straight up Shakespearean stuff. She's a classy, classy elementary school lady, right? <laughs> so I crushed on Anne from kindergarten on. I can't ever remember crushing on anyone else. I was a very monogamous elementary school <laughs> kid. So <laughs> let me just give you an anecdote to demonstrate the depth of my crush. Second grade. Okay, think about that. Second grade. Like, you got the blackboard, you got the teacher. There's probably like 28 or 30 of us in the class. So I, like five rows of six, six rows of five, whatever. We're in social studies, because you're, you're always in social studies in elementary school. I'm in the second row in the middle of the class, and my elementary school crush, she's behind me to my right, okay? She's probably like second row from the back. So teacher, you know, does anybody want to read? As y'all remember, everyone always wants to read. I wanted to read. Anne gets called on. And you remember, getting called on to read was like winning a Congressional Medal of Honor. It was like the greatest thing in the world. Anne gets called on. What do I do? Everyone else in the class, just picture this, is just, you know, following along in the book with their little seven-year-old finger. <laughs> Not me. This was an opportunity. I turn to look back. Like, like, I'm talking like smash my knees into the desk, like crane my neck, just stare at this girl while she's reading. <laughs> She turns beet red, I remember that. To her credit, though, not just a classy lady, intelligent, too. She did not falter in her reading at all, despite all this male attention. <laughs> and I remember this because afterwards, like at recess or something, Anne's best friend, Anna, that was a whole thing, Anne and Anna, try saying it five times fast, Anna takes me aside and makes sure that I know that that was weird, what I did. <laughs> I was flabbergasted, like, what? And I remember it so clearly because Anna, at this point, still had a little bit of a speech impediment. You know, had a little trouble with her R's. We've only been talking for four years at this point. We're seven, so I don't fault her for it. She, when she said weird, it, it wasn't weird. It was weird, okay? W-E-E-U-D, weird. So that soundbite will stick in my mind forever. That was weird, so, I'll tell you the end of the story of the crush. In sixth grade, I asked Anne out. I did it. She turned me down flat. Turned me down cold. But, I'm telling you, there were, the feelings were mutual. I really believe that. Because what she said was her parents wouldn't allow it. In sixth grade, we're 12, right? So parents are still a thing. And... <laughs> Her parents wouldn't allow it. How can you fault someone for that, right? This girl is classy. She's intelligent. She's virtuous, right? She's trying to do right by her parents. And as we all know, in the Aristotelian model, 
Virtue inextricably linked with beauty, right? Just saying. Anyway, at the end of sixth grade, I switched schools. I never see any of my elementary school people again. Until 10 years later, an even decade, who should friend me on Facebook, thank you Mark Zuckerberg, but Anne, my elementary school crush. Long story short, we get lunch at Panera. I haven't seen this girl in 10 years. And like, if you're 40 and you haven't seen someone in 10 years, big deal. Like you had kids, you blinked, 10 years passed. I haven't seen this girl from 12 to 22. That's middle school, high school, and college. Like, those are the years that make you who you are. When I walk into Panera, I got two thoughts. One, I'm just curious. Like, who did she become? She could have become anyone. Two, of course, I'm wondering, will there be a spark, right? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Elementary school crush, 10-year hiatus, and then you live happily ever after, right? <laughs> Three hours later, Lovely lunch, lovely girl, really great conversation, no spark, no spark. We get real chummy, we're like exchanging book recommendations, but it's, hard, it's really hard to describe. It's like, I, I've kind of flashed back to being in elementary school almost, like it was just kind of fun and bubbly, but to think about her like in a romantic way, in a sexual way, it almost felt like... Um, like, what's the word when you're sexually attracted to children? You know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah. Maybe not something to shout out in a crowded room of people, but no, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was just like, it just felt inappropriate. I don't know, it was very bizarre. At the same time, though, I really enjoyed talking with her. I wanted to keep getting to know her, and over the course of the next year, year and a half, we develop a friendship, and hanging out with her was like, again, it was just, it, it was almost like she opened this portal to my past. I'm remembering like people and sights and sounds that I'd completely forgotten. And it was, there's something so warm and comforting about it. It was wonderful. I didn't want it to end. And <laughs> had other ideas. So <laughs> we go to the art museum. After our time at the art museum is done, we're outside, we're about to go our separate ways. She's going this way, I'm going this way. We parked in different places. So I'm trying to be a gentleman. I'm, you know, can I walk you to your car? She says, uh, well, actually, I have to tell you something. I'm like, mm, okay. She's like, yeah, I, think, I think I'm about to start seeing someone. And I'm like, okay. Like, I was about to say, like, tell me about him. And she's like, but before I could say that, she interjects. She's like, yeah, so I don't think we should see each other anymore. And I'm like... Wait. Internally, I freak out. I'm like, wait, did she think that we were... Because, again, I'm not even attracted. Like, our relationship has been completely platonic. Like, the most I've given her is, like, the, like the butt-out grandma hug. Like, she's getting grandma hugs. What could she have misconstrued? So, I'm reeling. I'm trying to be diplomatic. I'm trying to salvage the situation. And I'm like, oh, like, I, I hope that I didn't give you the impression that I was interested in you romantically. She's tactful enough to recognize, and she's like, oh, no, 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 you made your intentions of friendship very clear. She said those words. And I'm like, I did? <laughs> um, but, so long story short, Anne, again, this is a virtuous girl, if she's even on the cusp of dating someone, 
she's not going to speak to another man, which I don't really get, but I respect. Because again, like I said, in the Aristotelian model, um, <laughs> so we go our separate ways. You know, I, I, I'm still scrambling. I'm like, well, I hope I get to see you again. Another butt out hug. Um, we say goodbye, potentially for the last time. And she walks this way, I walk this way. And I'm still reeling, and I'm just like, internally I'm thinking like, what just happened? Like, did I just get dumped? Like, did I just get friend dumped? Like, I'm reeling. Involuntarily, I'm walking this way. I turn to look back. And in that moment, I flashed back to second grade when I turned to look back in social studies class, and the same thought came to my mind that at this point just applies to my childhood at large. I turned to look back and I just thought, that was weird. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, David. Hey, that's going to do it for us today on this episode of Madison Story Slam. If you liked that taste of live storytelling, be sure to come on out on May 20th to the Wilmar Center in Madison, Wisconsin for our first Story Slam in over three years. It's Story Slam Boldly. That's right. The theme is boldly. So come ready to tell stories or just ready to hear some great stories all based on the theme boldly and their true stories from the people who are telling them from their lives. It's a $10 suggested donation. All the money coming in goes directly to the Wilmar Center. It's going to be a great time sponsored by One Barrel Brewing Company. So come ready for good drinks as well. It's really going to be such a great time. I've been looking forward to it for months now. And uh, this episode of the show has only made me look forward to it more. Also, if you look down in the show notes, you'll find links to information about the event on May 20th at the Wilmar Center. But also you'll find some information about our upcoming event in October. I know it's a long ways away, but it's Read It and Weep, where we need people to submit things they've written before they graduated high school or that they have at least 10 years separation from. Letters, journals, poems, short stories, anything you wrote. Go check it out. Hey, this was great. And as always, I love you.